Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here at DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Dale Lolly, as always, breaking things down. It's after the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game is over. As you know, the Steelers won 16-3, but no one cares about the score. We're all here to talk about matchups, how players showed up. Dale, I wanted to talk to you about the offensive line. Now, we didn't get to see really the starting unit. It was just Kendrick Green because everyone else, B.J. Finney was filling in. None of the – no, literally none of the other guys that have been projected as starters for this team were available for this game. But we did see him and Dan Moore Jr., your early impressions of just seeing them against other competition uh, going into a game? Well, you know, Chris, I thought they were uh, active. Um, I thought they did a nice job of pass protection. The Steelers only allowed one sack. There weren't a ton of quarterback hits. Um, you know, I, I thought the run game, particularly when Najee Harris and Kalen Balaj were running the football, was effective. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I thought that they consistently gained yards. There was, you know, one, one run that uh, – um, Harris got stuff for a four yard loss on, but other than that, you know, they were, they were falling forward. And I thought the other thing that was interesting, um, was that the, the Steelers also, you saw the linemen moving the piles. Yes. Uh, there was, there was some rugby type scrums <laughs> going on there. So I, I thought they did a good job. I think they were physical. Um, you know, the Cowboys, a don't have a great defense and, and no. B weren't playing a lot of their starters, right. but guys like Micah Parsons were out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there were some, some frontline guys for the Cowboys and I thought they did some good things. Yeah. I, I liked what I saw out there too. I saw Dan Moore out on one of the, the wide receiver screen to Deontay Johnson. You saw him get out there and block in space. Uh, good stuff from him. Uh, you know, he's been having a, a heck of a learning training camp going up against Alex Highsmith. Well, that's the thing, you know, <laughs> if you wanted to see him go up against somebody other than Highsmith and you right. wanted to see Highsmith go up against somebody other than him, can we make the assumption now after watching that game last mm-hmm. night that Highsmith might be pretty good? Yeah. He had that he had that really pretty spin move that he's been showing off in training camp. Now a couple of tackles for it. losses. I mean, he's yeah. he's active. Yes, uh, man. And so maybe you give Dan Moore Jr. a little bit of a pass for his struggles against uh, Alex Highsmith. It just might be that Alex Highsmith's a pretty good player. Yeah, I mean, that's something that you that you and I have been saying, like, yeah, sure, but Alex looks pretty good. You know, I, I saw some people do the thing where, you know, it's the first preseason game and everyone's like, oh, he's already better than Bud Dupree. And it's like, okay, everyone calm down. <laughs> but he's maybe better than a lot of people are giving him credit. And, again, you, you and I have been saying all offseason – 
you know, that front four of the Steelers, Stephon Tewitt, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and if Alex Highsmith does take that serious sophomore leap, you're looking at the guy, the, the, the definitive, the best front four in football again in the, in the NFL. Yeah, and, and then you throw, you know, guys like Tyson and Lulu and Melvin mm-hmm. Ingram into the mix as well, and, and you've got some depth there. You've got, uh, you know, some guys. I still think, to me, the toughest cut on this team is going to be on that defensive line. Yeah. Uh, when, when you look at what they've got there, we saw last night, um, you know, it was Mondu, Henry Mondu and Chris Wormley mm-hmm. running as the, as the starters there. Uh, along with Isaiah Bugs, because they sat out Hayward, uh, Alulu, Alulu, and Tuit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mondu, Bugs, and Wormley isn't bad. And then you've got, you know, Loudermilk is going to make this roster. Yeah, they're not, they're I, not cutting a guy they traded up to get in the fifth. And I, I, I thought he was active last night, looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you got Carlos Davis, TJ Carter, Calvin Taylor, Abdullah Anderson. So there's some guys there. You know, you saw Anderson with a sack in that game last night. So, I, you know, I, I think that's going to be a very difficult one. They typically don't keep more than uh, – they typically keep six guys. We've seen seven at times as well. But with some of the other roster, yeah. you know, machinations here, mm-hmm. I, you know, they're going to cut a guy – you know, I did my 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 first cut last week, and I didn't have Wormley and Davis making it. Wow. Um, you know, maybe that changes. I don't know. Obviously, it can change. Uh, you know, they get three more preseason games here, but that's going to be a difficult cut. And then that outside linebacker spot, is, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, everybody wanted to cut Cassius Marsh. Oh, he stinks. He, he can't do right. anything. Right. He, he had, had a sack last he had a night. Sack. He was looking good. If you look at the Highsmith sack, Highsmith just beat Cassius Marsh to, mm-hmm. to the quarterback on that one. Mm-hmm. The guy is a legit – I mean, he's got – legitimate starting experience in the nfl yeah uh you know he's 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 stuck around all these years for a reason he's so like, what seven years in the league five years in the league, something along those lines like i know he's, he's been around you for know, a while he's a better player you know than some of the other guys that they've had at that backup spot over mm-hmm. the years you know the the chickalos and guys of the world yeah yeah so you know they've Who's got our skipper <laughs> yeah they've got better depth i think than a lot of people give them credit for I mean, and, and that's not even to mention the rookie Quincy Roche, who also had a sack on the night. Yeah, you know? he's he's like Gumby out there. He's got he gets some nice bend to him. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre because it's like he doesn't look like, it. and then all of a sudden he's around the corner, and you're like, what just happened? How did like I had to rewatch his sack to understand how he did it, and I was like, because like with Alex Highsmith, obvious. Okay, you did a spin move, you know, catch your smart. Okay, you got inside. I was like, wait, what did Quincy Roche do? Okay, cool. But you're right. If that depth is there on the edge and in the defensive line. Those were two of the biggest questions we had going into this offseason. Because remember, at first, we didn't think they'd have Tyson Olulu. We didn't know that they'd have a Melvin Ingram. Now they have these guys, and then there's these younger guys who could be stepping up. Those are the biggest questions that we're heading into training camp for this team. And I know, again, it was just one preseason game. It's only been two weeks of practice. But it's looking up for an organization that I think people are starting to realize, oh, wait. They they are the Steelers who normally find some answers when there's questions to be asked. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin Colbert talked about it, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and we had him. Um, you know, he says, I know there are a lot of questions about the depth. He says we we have depth; it's just unproven depth. Right. Well, this this preseason, it was it was largely unproven because there wasn't a preseason last right. year. Right. Now you're getting to see some of these guys get some extended playing time, and you know, they might not be too bad. They might not be too bad. And, um, you know, we got to see a little bit of the offense as well. 
um, Chase Claypool going up and getting the football. Uh, you know, he came down. You know, it took a little while to get up, but it looked like he just kind of got the wind knocked out of him, and then they took him out of the game. Mike Tomlin said he was okay. Um, the backup quarterback battle, as always, is just going to draw all these ridiculous comments. But I, I thought, for the most part, Mason Rudolph looked smooth. He wasn't asked to do a ton. He did a complete a deep ball, but like, and especially in those first five or six passes, he was crisp. He was on time. He understood what was going on. And this is why you and I have been saying like, listen, yeah, maybe there's reports of him struggling at training camp, but let's see how this averages out when you compile all the practices and all the preseason games that he's going to play in. Here's the funny thing. Um, we've only been allowed to report on practices for the last week. Yeah. What we see. Mm-hmm. And I know there's there's some sites out there that are charting every throw and doing all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you cool. didn't. These are people who didn't see the people no. out there charting every throw. Didn't see the entire off season. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to come in and make a, a a recommendation or or an, a judgment based off of the four practices that they've seen. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's too much. That's why those sites are ridiculous. They don't have any access. That's why you go to DK Pittsburgh Sports and sites like uh, like what we have here. Because we have access. Right. I'm at every stinking practice. Mm-hmm. Every one. I'm going to miss practice Saturday and Sunday because I'm at the Hall of Fame. Those will right. be the first two practices that I've missed this entire offseason. Right. right. So when I'm making a judgment on something, I'm not mm-hmm. just making a snap decision. Here's the thing, though, about the quarterback position, Chris. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm doing our live file last night. Give it to me. And – it doesn't matter what those guys do for some of the fans mm-hmm. because they've already made up their minds. Who's going to be Mason, the, who's Ru- the best? Mason Rudolph stinks. Dwayne Haskins stinks. Josh Jobs this. Mason Rudolph that. Dwayne Haskins. There's nothing these guys can do to change people's mind. To change anybody's mind because you see Mason Rudolph put one a perfect pass on the on the on the nose down the field to Claypool. Yep. And then he uh, a few passes later he throws a ball behind behind Dwayne uh, or uh, Washington. And people are like, "Well, that's he. He stinks. Mm. He just threw a forty-five yard ball. Forty-five, had, and that was on the money too. Rudolph had three incompletions last night. Yep, and one of them was a drop. One was a dro- one was a drop by Claypool on third down, mm-hmm. on which Najee Harris did a nice job picking up a blitz. The second one was a throwaway, mm-hmm. and the third one was that was the pass that he threw behind Washington. All in all, yeah, yeah, I get it. He lost a fumble. He and Claypool weren't on the same page on the jet sweep. Oh, no, that's that going happened, to, right, that's that going happened to, in a preseason game. Yeah, that's going to happen with this offense. You see it. You saw Ben Roethlisberger and Chase Claypool do that last year on a jet yep. sweep. That's mm-hmm. that's really why they stopped running the jet sweeps last year mm-hmm. because they, because it, it you know nearly cost them uh, a fumble in, the, in a game. Uh, but people make up their minds, and then there's nothing those players can do to change their minds. It's all about what the coaching staff thinks. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. It right. matters what the coaching staff thinks. And, and it's also important when, like, when you talk about those other sites that do those introspective, like, passing charts and who, what's their passer rating. I mean, there's legit people who have had passer ratings of training camp passes. and Which and is ridiculous like, which because is ridic- they're all running against different guys. Exactly. And, and with different guys. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. I appreciate, like, listen, I appreciate passion. If you're, if you're, if you don't have access, like I, I, I've been there before, but I'm also uh, you know, a person who sits there and like, I'm not going to make this 
just all 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 in judgment on just a couple practices here. That's why that's why we tell people. We told people all off season, Dale, when we were watching OTAs, when we were watching minicamp, where it was like just take everything a little bit at a time. Take notes, you know, put remember some things and then you can add that to the final story when you're seeing the final 53 man roster and you can explain why it happened, but do not by any means try to come in here and make it seem like this is, oh, this is definitely what it's going to be because you saw we could practice and one guy shined over the other. We're going we're gonna to keep this going with Dale because there's a few more positions I want to touch on him from the Hall of Fame game and what we're getting ready for for the third week of Steelers training camp. We'll do one that. last thing real, real oh, quick ahead, on, on, that, on that, Chris. Yeah. I was I just remember the training camp battle between Kent Graham and Cordell Stewart oh, man. Back, in, back in 1999. And there were, there were some guys who were charting every throw and, you know, Stewart was, you know, 15 of, of 27 today. And, you know, Graham was, was 21 of 26. I'm like, okay, that's all well and good. But what kind of passes was he throwing? Right. In the case of Kent Graham, it was all checkdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, Stewart was pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. So, yeah, seven on seven, and you check it down to the running back. Is that a, is that a good play? Mm-hmm. Not in my mind. No. I mean, I can complete some of those throws. So it's all you take it all with a grain of salt. It's not gospel, right? It, it, it's not the gospel. It's and that's the thing we're trying to we, we that's here at DK. We make sure that you guys have perspective from what we're reporting, what we're talking about, and say like, yeah, there's times to be excited if you're a fan and you read something or you see something. You're like, oh man, maybe there's something there, but. At the end of the day, we're the ones that are going to help you keep yourself in check. Like, okay, let me bring it back. Let me understand what's actually happening here. I'm going to talk about more of those positions where fans might be getting excited right after this. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere, but especially on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Check us out. And don't forget that when you're subscribing for the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast, you also get DK's Daily Shots, the 66 to 87 podcast on the Penguins, the Pirates podcast to be named later, my H2P podcast, all the different things that we got here available. There's so many different shows here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Rate us five stars, leave us positive comments. All that is great. Now, Dale, let's keep going here. I'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about uh, Presley Harvin. He only punted like three times, but each time it looked good. And he pinned the one to the one and he had the knuckleballer that kind of bounced off of guys. Everyone's like, oh, put him in the Hall of Fame. He's right there in Canton already. Um, but 
I mean, I get that people, you know, there's like, like we just said, we don't want to overreact to anything, but that was a pretty good showing for a rookie punter that they drafted in the seventh round, showing why they drafted him in the seventh round, at least in a first showing. Three of them, he downed inside the, uh, the, the 20. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, and one that was muffed by the, the Cowboys. So, yeah. I mean, the, the ball that he downed at the one yard line, you know, you see that a lot of times and you think, well, the coverage guys did a good job getting downfield. No, that ball was downed at the one yeah. yard line. Yeah. Uh, he he stuck that thing like he was dropping a nine iron in on the green, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the backspin on it. So uh, good job by him. Um, you know, I, I had somebody asked me in live cues on Friday, uh, why did you uh, talk about the punters uh jaw or the punter competition and use a quotations around the competition because it's not really a competition <laughs> jordan perry's gone man they tell you know teams tell you what they think or what they're they're thinking by the moves that they make the steelers cut jordan berry at the end of training camp last year uh yes they brought him back but that was only because dustin colquitt uh was worse yeah uh but they're they've been looking for another punter now for two years and you know it's it's it starts at the top of the organization um you know art rooney does not want jordan berry as the punter so jordan berry's probably not going to be the punter so that's why it's a competition in quotation marks but when you look at presley harvin having a a, a, you know a night like he had last night it makes a lot more sense now than just signing dustin colquitt off of the uh, waiver wire you know he's, he's 40 years old and you'd hope that he's better than jordan berry you're seeing that that Presley Harvin is probably better than Jordan Berry. And that doesn't mean that Jordan Berry is not an NFL punter. Right. He can go get a job somewhere else. It's Absolutely. And I, I would expect that he would do that if, you know, if things don't work out here as, as expected, but um, Presley Harvin was great. Yeah, that was, I mean, in, in three punts, that's all, that's all that you want from your punter. You all inside the 20, the one down at the one. Um, and the thing is they all have hang time too. Like they're not just going far and they're not just, they're, they're giving the, 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 the return team or the return defense team getting a chance to get under it and say like, okay, we're all around this guy. I mean, the, the, uh, the Cowboys didn't get one single return yard because they were all either being downed or fumbling, muffling, muffling the punt. So um, definitely some good stuff there. You never want to spend too much time on talking about punter, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't at least address his strong night and showing. Uh, but let's talk about the other rookie that everyone was talking about. And that's, of course, Najee Harris. You know, he didn't have supreme numbers, you know, seven for 22. But, Dale, when you saw him in there, you just saw a different mode of running the ball than you did last year. He was pushing, like you said, with the offensive line, they were pushing the piles forward, but so was he. He was, he was staying on his feet. Yes. You know, that's and that so that's big. the thing. Yeah, just uh, you, you saw a couple of runs where there wasn't much there, and he made something out of it. Uh, bounced one to the outside. He he just you see a different pop when he's in the in the game. And I you know to me it was more about what he did in pass protection. Uh, the 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 pass that Claypool dropped uh, on third down. He stepped up and, and and picked up the linebacker coming up the middle. Um, now he gave ground on it, but if he doesn't step up on that, Mason Rudolph gets sacked. Yep before he ever gets rid of the football. So mm-hmm. that's what the coaching staff wanted to see as well. Uh, it was a good first night for Najee Harris. Uh, they're going to be better days ahead for Najee Harris. Yep. Um, you know, we didn't even, uh, you know, he had one catch for three yards. Mm. Uh, that's going to change as well. So oh, yeah. it, it's, 
it was a good it was a good first start for Najee Harris, and I thought Kalen Balaj looked well as uh, good as as well. So um, they had they had something there in the run game. They certainly did. I mean, you saw the the, the five yard touchdown run where it was just straight ahead. The offensive line's pushing their guys. He, when he picked got up in a fourth there, and one and got he got four yards on fourth and one. I saw that too. That was a really impressive. And again, you just see different demeanor in how this team is pushing for the run. Last year it was often just hey stand them up and see what happens, and you know let's see if the running back can find the hole with James Conner or whoever. Which was fine when you had Le'Veon Bell. Right. That was this. That was his system. That's how he lived. Like you like yeah, just standing them up, see where and let him decide where things gonna go. But Najee Harris was plugging, plugging himself in there. He was pushing in. Like you said, Kalen Balaj, I mean, he, we've talked about how he's asserted himself in training camp. He was asserting himself in, in that football game. Uh, and again, just Hall of Fame preseason. You know, it's the first game, you know, of all the preseason. But if you're a guy that's been just been signed in free agency and you're behind who, the guy who's obviously going to be the man in Najee Harris, that was the kind of showing that you want to show that's like, hey, I'm definitely going to be on this roster. And you definitely want to have me as the number two option in your backfield. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel, you know, I think Steeler fans should feel a little bit better about the run game, what, they, what they're going to have. Um, there's still a lot of preseason left. We'll see how it looks. And we still haven't seen that first team offensive line in there. Um, right. You know, maybe we'll see that today when they, when they go back to practice. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin kind of hinted that that might be the case. We start seeing some of those guys coming back. So we'll see here. But uh, certainly, um, you know, they, they've added two backs to the stable that look better than what they had last year. At least, you know, I, I think Balazs is, is, is as capable as James Conner. Right. And Najee Harris gives you a guy who's better than James Conner. <laughs> they definitely would say that. A um, few, few more things before we get out of here, Dale. Um, Trey Norwood had a breakup in the red zone on the first drive and also blocked a, a field goal. He's a guy who you and I have kind of kept our eyes on throughout training camp and mini camp. He, he, I had the impression that he'd been impressing guys in camp for being a seventh round rookie and looking like he could fit in there. He, he was at least making sure he was in the right spots in that game. Um, your thoughts on him being involved in, in like the backup safety rotation this year. I know they went and got Miles Killebrew and he also has looked really solid, um, but this is a rookie seventh round pick and he was showing glimpses of, Hey, I'll be good on special teams and you can throw me in on emergency situations on defense. Yeah. I mean, he's been the primary backup to, to make Fitzpatrick at free safety. And yeah. so he was doing some free safety things out there, breaking up passes. Uh, you know, you're not going to always see those guys, show up on the stat sheet because they're playing center field a lot, but uh, he was active. And, and as you mentioned, blocked a punt uh, mm-hmm. or blocked a, a field goal. Yep. Um, you know, those are the kind of plays that he made at Oklahoma that put him on the Steelers radar. Absolutely. And uh, we also saw a good bit of James Pierre. I thought he looked solid, you know, not amazing, but, you know, contesting passes, making sure he was lining up. Justin Lane forced a fumble, but, you know, other times he got called for a defensive defensive pass interference. And I thought was, that one was kind of ticky tacky, too. Yeah, I did think it was because it was kind of like they were both kind of hand fighting. Him, right. Yeah. And, and it was just the, he kind of kept it going once the yeah. guy like put it, you know, tried to get away. So I did feel like it's ticky tacky. But I will say this. I do think Justin Lane has stepped up his performance from early in training camp because like he had that, he had a, a blocking where he got crushed by Chase Claypool. And he's, he's been, you know, people have been seeing him getting beat at Heinz field by like Rico Bussy and guys. So people were just writing his obituary, but I, I, I do think that he is at least as like, he stepped up a little bit and it's going to be a little bit more of a competition than some people were giving him credit for at the cornerback spot for whoever fills out that depth chart. 
Yeah, I think they've got options there, you know, and I, I thought, you know, the, the Gilbert and Millette uh, made yes. a couple of nice plays as well, and especially in the run game. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the secondary is not nearly the issue that uh, I think a lot of the people nationally might think. It certainly is. It will be keeping you abreast of all the updates here from the Steelers preseason training camp. Dale is still in Canton. He's rocking it out there. We will have Tom Reed on site at Heinz Field uh, as training camp resumes Saturday afternoon and Sunday. So stay tuned with us here at DKPittsburghSports.com. All, all of the needs that you get, you get once for your Steelers, you can get right here. Subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Rate us five stars with positive comments. It helps out all the shows we do here. Thanks, Dale, for doing another great show with me. I'll be back in your ears with him later this week talking more about what the Steelers are, have been going through in camp and getting you through uh, the next into the next preseason game. Chris Carter and Dale Lolly will be talking to you real soon.